the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, you ready? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. You're laughing. <laughs> I'm reaching for real life here. Well, we have a good time. We do. It's the best part of my week. Hey, Baron Wiley here with Pastor Sean Azaro. It is Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. We talk about current events and culture and uh, life and missions. Yeah, because again, the gospel is relevant in every area of real life, and it is real life. Mm, That's it. That preaches. Mm. I've asked you this before, but what was the first day you said, we're starting this real life thing today? Uh, this was actually an interesting story. Uh, I was a youth pastor in Southern California and was moving my youth ministry to a local high school. I got permission from the principal, had everything all set up, uh, and we were going to call it real life. Based on John 10.10, thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give life, and that more abundantly, we paraphrased it, real life. It was all set up. The principal of the school had said, oh, no, you can't. You can't have worship here. I said, can I sing Christian songs and teach the Bible? She says, oh, yeah, you can do that. Oh, I said, okay, well, we won't do any of that worship, but we're going to sing Christian songs yeah. and teach the Bible. Wow. No, she was very helpful, and I, she was just saying, hey, here's what the requirements are. But so we had it all lined up, everything, and then the church, the parents, everybody said, oh, no, we don't want you going to the high school because, you know, our kids might be, uh-huh. you know, it, it was all got squashed but that's what real life originally and so uh not long after that uh we we left yeah and uh, texas no actually no no we we really felt called to the lord this it had sparked something in us this idea of real life Uh and so we started real life ministries you know and i've told that story many times which was really just stationary in our spare bedroom (laughs) at the time (laughs) but uh but it was the beginning of uh you know, Real Life Ministries, which is the ministry that planted, ultimately, River City Community Church. And now the Real Life Amphitheater. Yep. Real Life Center. Really, this whole place, we call it the Real Life Center. So, yeah. And speaking of that, I see, uh, I'm going to see you, make, I think, next week, Kansas will be here with Kansas the 38 Special. Kansas will be special. here. Kansas 38 Special, which is going to be neat. I've had some folks express real interest in that, some friends and things, just because, uh, and you can tell their age, right? <laughs> Those, <laughs> they're more my age, you know? Yeah. When they express interest to you, are they looking for free tickets? Well, you know. <laughs> well. <laughs> Hook me up faster. <laughs> remember that time I, I uh, tithed? <laughs> no? no, I don't. No, no. I don't remember that at all. Well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that, too, because, uh, by the way, uh, I'm a big fan of Kansas. We talked about this before because of their uh, deep spiritual lyrics back in the old days when Carrie Livgren was uh, doing all that. I don't know what's going on now. Is anybody? Do you know if anybody in this band is from uh, old Kansas? I don't know. All right. I have no idea. But it should be a good show. They're going to do the old songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll sound for. a little bit like them. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know how many original band members are still there. Yeah. I'm sure there are some. And then Casting Crowns is coming, and then some guy named Cody is coming, yeah, too. Yeah, Cody Johnson. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got we've got some great events this fall. We're very excited about that. And uh, it always gives us a chance to connect with a lot of people from our community and hopefully have them experience something of real life just through how we conduct ourselves, how we do our business. 
You know what else is coming, Pastor Sean? What's that? Dun, dun, dun. Bum, 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 bum. You're talking the NFL. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> bum, bum, yes, bum, it bum. is that time of year. I, this is one of my favorite times of year. I absolutely I love it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, because once NFL season starts, yep. it's like, okay, tomorrow's Christmas. That's right. It happens so the, fast. The most wonderful you know? time of the year. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Predictions? Uh, Chicago Bears win it all. I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Chicago Bears win it all. All right, World Series, what's your prediction? Ditka, Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. I knew where this was going. All right. So this should be a good year. Have you heard any rumors? Anything happening we need to know here? On your Bears there? It's all here. I don't want to talk about that. Right. I understand. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. And also, of course, college uh, football is coming up there, yes, too. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. Let's see here. I think A&M is like number eight. Alabama got picked number one, if you're keeping score at home, mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. Texas teams. Are you yes. following anybody in college? As far as Texas teams, Alabama. Is that? Are you, have you annexed? Have you annexed? Them? I am from Alabama. I was looking. I was more interested in uh, Baylor. Where, where did Baylor fall? They're like number ten, mm. and which is like, how soon did they get on the world stage? You yeah, know, they were horrible nope. forever, and no, well, not it. anymore. All right, not anymore. My daughter, actually, though, Mister Chicago, is going to Chicago. Where's she going? She just graduated from uh, Lee High School. She's going to DePaul to oh pursue a cinema career. Interesting. Yeah, she's got a nice little scholarship, and so she's going to be in your backyard. Excellent. I was going to go to DePaul. I was going to study law. I mean, pre, pre-law at DePaul. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I could totally see that. Yep. Thank God that you accepted the, the real call. Yeah. That, well, that's exactly what you happened. Call up to the big leagues. Yep. What you ended, up, ended up coming down here, went to Trinity instead, and you know the Lord just did all kinds of very cool things in that. But yeah, it's that season, that time of year, back to school kind of the stuff. We talked about that a little bit last time. Yeah. You know, talked about Christian school, talked about what we're doing here through River City Believers Academy. And uh, we kind of teased a little bit that we would continue that conversation. Talk about kind of a station life where you are yes. sending a kid off to college. Uh, she's your second Correct. in college, kind of a, a very inexpensive time of life. <laughs> Bingo. How are you guys doing? You all right? Woo. You look a little drained, a little pale. I'm working a little bit, a little overtime. I'm delivering pies at night, you know, <laughs> <laughs> from Chicago. Well, forget about it. My, my oldest actually is actually taking a break from her second year out at Ohio State. She's mm. in Italy right now working on a farm. Did you that's know that? So, I did not know that. That is so yeah. awesome. That's something that you wanted to do. I wanted to do when we were kids. We I didn't, know. Right? That's, oh. Yeah. How special is that? So yeah, she's very cool. figuring out life, I guess. And uh, But now I got my second one here on her way to Chicago and DePaul. Yeah. Uh, first of all, not on a spiritual level, on a practical level, give me some advice on just doing Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Chicago is a, what a great city. You know, one of the things that people who have, anybody who's lived in Chicago or visited Chicago numerous times, the food, you start with the food uh-huh. and then you move from there, right? You know, the, these Chicago foods that you just go, okay, I'm, I'm in town for a day and a half and I got to get some things. I got to get deep dish pizza. But you, from where? Oh. There's Giordano's, there's Pizzeria Uno, there's Pizzeria Due, there's, uh, right, you know, you know, yeah, lots of different places. So uh, there's little neighborhood places, but uh, Lou Malnati's. The Illuminati? That that the uh, aren't they running the government? <laughs> Not the Illuminati. Oh, okay. Lou Malnati's right. Pizza. <laughs> gotcha, it's, gotcha. You know, but it, it, all those places are great, but they're all a little bit different. Uh, you know, then you got Portillo's. You got different oh, Italian Italian beef, Italian sausage. Right. You got the Chicago dogs, the famed Chicago dog. Off the street, uh, or is there a place? Uh, no, all these different places. Portillo's is one of the most well known and widespread, but you know they're all over the place. Little right. hole in the wall places. 
Uh, so, so those are fantastic. Of course, going downtown Lake Michigan, right downtown, you know, the, the Miracle Mile, right down in that area. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a great place to kind of hang out. You know, uh, here's a, a, a local hack. Play Chicago's uh, Saturday in the Park while you're walking down Lake Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> Barefoot, too, right? <laughs> Barefoot on the, on the shore. Well, it's not really sand shore like that, you know. So. I get you. Uh, but like it was the 4th of July is, is your point. Uh, exactly. That's awesome. Uh, so now that's all nice. But uh, again, college student is not going to the nice Italian. Give me, give me the, if I'm a kid, 18 year old kid going to college. No, they're going to, she's going to go to Portillo's. She oh, will, okay. Yeah. It, it's a regular place and it's kind of a fast food place. She'll, she'll be there. All right. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk spiritual. We can do we have time for this, Pastor Sean. <laughs> no, Baron, I'm sorry. We're that's all, all for time. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's why we're here. I, as a father, yeah. both of us are obviously, you know, we love our daughter. Yep. Got some concerns, as mm. all, all parents probably do when right. they send them out for the first time. Right. You know? How does she put on the full armor of God when she's walking into the lion's den? We know it. Yeah, um, send a kid off to college is, is, a, is a big deal. And, you know, your daughter is going to a school particularly to study something that she can't really just get anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know. She's studying film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she went to NISA, and so that's something that she's been planning for and thinking about for a she's long time. either. Yeah, she she is. She's very talented. And so you go, okay, this isn't just a school. There's a specific program, probably specific faculty that she wants to study with. So, but you got to understand, universities are a place that are extremely secular mm-hmm. by and large. Uh even Christian universities a lot of times the kids have to really defend their faith. Yeah. And it, it's it's really one of these things that you go wow, we're paying all this money. I don't want my child to be indoctrinated, but that's exactly what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. a, a Christian kid gets into school and then they go to their first classes and all of a sudden they they quickly realize their faith is not just not welcome, it's under attack. Yes. You know, um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of that wake-up call that every kid has to experience. Um, I myself went to Trinity, my first year there I took an Old Testament class now I had no clue right I was going I was going to study music um mm-hmm. poli sci again still thinking the pre-law type stuff and so Old Testament I'm a Christian I've studied the Old yeah. Testament this I'll be this will be an easy this class be a okay course here, huh? well I had not been exposed to liberal theology and I had not been prepared and so it was a very very much a, a kind of slap in the face to to see the approach to scripture, the approach to uh, Christian scholarship be completely different. And, and I feel like I could have been prepared better. Hmm. You know, it was not a, an apologetics course, huh? No, no, not at all. Oh, wow. um, no, it was just, it was just a course, but from a very different theological perspective. And I hadn't been prepared. That was the, that was the big thing. I kind of came away, you know, I went and dug and I researched and I figured, oh, Okay, this is a totally different school of theology, but I wish I would have been better prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think had I been prepared that, oh, no, no, these scholars that they're citing and that they're quoting from, they are scholars. They're from a more liberal school of theology, but there's a whole other list of scholars, every bit as learned. They're published, they're PhDs as well, and they are from a more conservative theological school. 
And so, you know, if, if you know that and if you're prepared, it's like, oh, okay, I understand what I'm dealing with here. But again, I felt like I'd grown up in church and I hadn't been prepared for that. And so for me, I, I thought, you know, that's something I want to make sure we're doing. We're, we're kind of preparing our kids for being out in the world and having to have their faith confronted, having to defend their faith, having to clearly articulate their faith. You know, beyond here, I can I can say, quote these couple Bible verses mm-hmm. to say, no, this is why we believe what we believe. Mm. Uh, again, more specifically to this school, DePaul, hey, it's a Catholic university, too. So she's going to have to take that Old Testament course and that New Testament course, if right. you will. Uh, but with already well, that perspective, too. So, right. And she knows what's going on there. But you, you think, well, this is, quote, unquote, a Christian university on the same right. level as maybe Trinity. Right. What, what conversation do I have with her? Well, I think you, you, you have to start by understanding some things. One, I think too often we put faith in the category of things that aren't real. You know, we use phrases like blind faith. I don't believe in blind faith. Mm. In fact, faith is the opposite of blind. It is a type of vision. Mm. You know, Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I just think that's important. And a faith that is based on on knowledge, based on rational thought, based on experience with the Lord. That is is a powerful faith, and it's not a faith that's easily shaken. Mm. If, a, if a kid's faith is based on, well, you went to church, and we taught you what to believe, and so you, that, you know that's just what you got to believe um, just because. Mm-hmm. But why? Because we said so. I think that's the type of thing where, where kids get there and they're, and they're blown out of the water. And I've seen it happen far too many times. A kid goes off to school and they come back and they're like, they've now just walked away from everything that they profess to believe before they left. And what that, I think, indicates, I think, and this is where we kind of, you know, every situation is different, but it would seem that maybe they didn't believe so much. They were just parroting what they'd always been told or parroting what their parents had believed. And it's different when they have to believe it. Mm. Uh, reminds me of that another verse that says, work out your faith with fear and trembling. Yeah. Does that mean something in this case? This is what they got to do. They got to go figure it out, right? Yeah. And, and, and just by the way, uh, don't, don't panic. Yeah. Right. Cause parents get scared. Mm-hmm. And what, what I would say is every kid has to go through the process of making the faith their own. You know, and that's what we're really talking about. They have to go through that process. Now, I would love for them to be able to do that when they're at home with us. I'd love to ask those questions. I'd love to explore those topics. I'd love to have those fights. I'd love them to have those experiences uh, while we're still while we still have influence. But if that doesn't happen, just know it's got to happen. Right. At some point, they have to go and make this faith their own, mm. and that involves asking questions. That might involve trying other faiths, some other things that you don't necessarily like, but it's a process. And what, what I, what I want to do is encourage parents to prepare, you know, early. Mm-hmm. I think we need to start early. That's, that's the one mistake we make. It's like, oh my gosh, it's their senior year. Now I'm going to try to pour it all in there. I got two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're fine. <laughs> this is, this has to start when they're little tiny kids mm-hmm. and you have to start by, by, you know, just talking with them and teaching them the faith and, and, you know, start early mm-hmm. is big. And, and I think... Deliberately is what you're saying. Intentionally. Yeah. But when they're little, you're teaching them the scripture. You're mm-hmm. teaching them what we believe. You're teaching them about Jesus. Um, 
you know, I think you need to always encourage questions. And parents, if, if you're listening to this, I, I just I want you to hear this. Learn to love the question why. Mm, good. That's a question that sometimes I think we don't like. That is a gift. If you have a kid who asks a lot of questions, drives you crazy, and asks a question why, then right now stop and thank God. Because the question why is how it becomes real to them. It's how it becomes theirs. If they're not asking you why, that's where you should be concerned. Okay, so encourage questions. You know, so-and-so, my friend's family doesn't believe this. Oh, well, what do they believe? Well, they believe this. Well, what do you think of that? Well, I don't know. That could be true. How do we know we're right? Well, what do you think the Bible says? Mm. You know, and, and go ahead and, and have those kind of conversations and don't be afraid of them because what you're doing is you're letting some of that process of exploration, of questioning happen while they're in your home, while you're there to influence. You know, love the question why Good. and teach them how to process the question why. Part of this is just teaching them how to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sometimes we just don't teach kids how to think. We run them through school and it's all about getting the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tell me what the answers are. Yeah, dude, I don't really care about this stuff. I just needed to get this past this test so I can get to the next thing, so I can do the next thing, so I can ultimately make some money. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I don't ever want my kids to go through school like that. I want my kids to be thinkers. I want them to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I want them to know why something matters. Best teachers I ever had, whether that was high school, whether it was college, professors, wherever it was, whether it's Bible teachers, they're people who are passionate about helping me understand why something matters. Mm-hmm. Why does this matter? And we need to take the Bible. I was just talking with our Bible teacher from our school, uh, Stephen Woodall. Great brother, great teacher. Um, Just talking about the importance of kids asking why and helping them understand why this stuff matters. So parents, I I think that's uh, something that begins when they are two and just carries on their whole life. You know, when when they go to VBS and they're a kid and they're singing songs, you know, some of the VBS songs have some questionable theology, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Now you're like, what sort of curmudgeon are you? You know. Well, Let me just tell you, my my son Ryan, who's a yeah, pastor now, he's, he's a curmu- he's a curmudgeon worse than me. <laughs> you know, and and it's okay. That I'm and and again, I'm not I'm not raining. I'm not out on a campaign or a crusade against VBS songs. But if it's shaky theology, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say, oh, is that true? You know, if we if we hear a lyric or even worships courses that we sing, worship courses that come out of some of the big worship labels that are mm-hmm. out there creating music. If there's something theologically wrong or theologically questionable or harmful on something, hey, one, let's not sing the song or let's let's call it out and let's talk about it. Yeah. The point is you're teaching them to think Good. from an early, early age and you teach them to think biblically. Mm. You know, we around our dinner table. As our kids were growing up, they'd ask a question. We got, oh, what does the Bible say about that? Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, and sometimes it would be like, oh, God. But other times when they really cared, they'd go grab their Bible. And say, okay, let's find out. Oh, you want to know, Dad? I'll tell you what the Bible says. Because, yeah. you know, or you're dead. You're wrong. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's abs. That's fantastic. Mm. Because I, I want them knowing the word of God is our standard of faith, of truth. Those are those teenagers living in your house having that conversation. I can't imagine the conversations you're having today with your little man, child, uh, and your beautiful daughter, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Now they're both ministry leaders, right? So we have this stuff all the time. Uh, And we will go round and round over theology or over something we read or something like that. So we have a blast. But all that 
conversations that you had building the trust and that relationship. I just saw exhibited here today, Pastor Sean, because right before we started, Ryan calls you and not to talk theology, but just say, hey, dad. Did you hear what happened on, with the Bears? <laughs> Roquan Smith right now is asking for a trade. Very, very sad news. Sad news. He had to call you. <laughs> yeah, he had to call me. That's the relationship that you guys have. Yeah, we do. We have a great relationship <laughs> like that. But it, it's, you know, on in that area of ministry and in that area of the scripture and theology, mm-hmm. it's even more significant. He's in seminary right now. He's at Reformed Theological Seminary. Uh, Ryan leans a little more reformed in his theology than I do mm-hmm. uh, as far as where he at, he's at in his journey. So we, we go back and forth on that and we ask questions of each other. And so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's just a neat process that started when they were two years old. Yeah. As soon as they could talk and then we started asking questions. And when they'd ask why... And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to tell you why. And you know how kids will sometimes go, I, I, I say, hey, you got to do this. Go pick up your room. Why? Okay. That's when it's okay to say, hey. No, I, I always say, you know what? Because why is never a reason to avoid obedience. So mm. go clean up your room. But you, the first answer is because dad said, go clean up and then come back and I'll tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy. Yeah. They've cleaned up the room. Oh, okay. I said, doesn't look great now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it look great? That's why. Yeah. You don't want to be a slob. You don't want to live in a hovel like you had. Good. You know, <laughs> we keep our home in order. We take care of the things we have. Then next time you'll know where they are. I'll tell you why all day long. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. You're not going right. to use it to stiff arm obedience though, right? One second. <laughs> you writing that yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Good. Uh, so you, you start early and you encourage the questions. Uh, another thing is you prepare them for opposition. Mm. I, 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 I didn't try. I mean, when they were little, we did. Lori and I did, but we, we, we began to expose them to people with different opinions, different lifestyles. Um, we didn't try to hide them, hide that from them because we needed them to learn to think and understand not everybody thinks the way we do. Not everyone believes the way we do. And, and we need to teach them how to process that. It doesn't make someone an enemy. That doesn't make them an, uh, an inherently evil person. It just means they have a different perspective. They think different. Maybe they're not a believer in Jesus. You know, so that might be a person who's lost. They they need to find life in Christ, just like we needed to find life in Christ. But the point is, I, I want to prepare them not only for differences but for opposition. There are going to be some people who just do not believe what you believe. They haven't seen it or experienced, and so they're going to come at you. And you need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You need to know the why, mm-hmm. why you believe what you believe, you know. Good. Um, and, and Baron, a, a fourth and I think really important thing, uh, the, the, the ones that we shared, start early, encourage questions, prepare your kids for opposition. And this is so important, and I can't stress this enough. Help your kids love the church. Mm. Help your kids love the church. We all know this. We are more vulnerable when we're alone. And we send them up to college, and if they don't love the church, if we haven't taught them that church is where family is, church is where friends are, church is where where these are my peeps, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, If we haven't taught them that, and then we're surprised that they're up at DePaul or they're at some other university and they haven't found a church, and everybody in their circle now is an unbeliever. Everybody, everybody they depend on for relationship, for fellowship, for comfort, for strength, for camaraderie. Uh, everybody's an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then we're surprised that they start making bad decisions. And we're surprised that they begin to question their faith. Um, I, from the earliest age, we love the church. It's not a, it's not a service. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing we go to and check our box and then go home. The church is our community. Mm-hmm. It's a Christian community. I'm a, I'm a believer in the church, not not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. 
and the church is who we are. And so when I do that, if I've done those things, I've, I've taught them the word of God. I've taught them to question from an early age. I've taught them how to, to discuss the whys of our faith and from the word of God and from life and what we understand. Um, I just think, I, I think I've set my kids up to win. Really good stuff, Pastor Sean. Did you write that? <laughs> I said it. <laughs> so I might as well have written it. <laughs> no, really. Did you, you've done some th- thinking about this. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. And, and one of the things that I, I, I encourage you to do, especially at that season of life, there are some great books, some great resources to Good. help your kids think about the stuff they're going to be confronted with. You know, uh, books like Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Yes. A great read on how to think critically and the scholarship and some of the some of the thinking behind why we believe what we believe. Uh, Reason for God by Tim Keller. I just absolutely love that book. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller does such a superb job. Uh, the the kind of one of the masters is uh, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Oh yeah. You know you you have to read that book. Exposing your kids to stuff like this because it's a way of thinking. Uh, one of the classics is Josh McDowell's Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's been updated and you know brought more recent. Uh, Norman Geisler has a very well-known book called just called Christian Apologetics. And these are all designed to help people think about, you know, defending the faith, understanding the faith, speaking to people who don't just understand or believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. You can't say the Bible says to someone who doesn't believe the Bible. So understanding how to think and speak the language of a person who, who isn't there yet is an important part of this. So you can prepare them. Excellent stuff, Pastor Sean. Hey, listen, I think you know somebody who needs to hear this message. Maybe someone like me who's got a kid going off or a parent who's got a two-year-old. It's time to start right now, yeah. Pastor Sean. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my, my pleasure. All right, Church on Sunday. Church on Sunday, continuing. Uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, 9.30, 11.30. It's going to be a great morning. I hope you'll join us. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, rate, review this podcast. Share it with a friend. We love kind of spending some time with you, and we hope it's an encouragement. Hey, God bless you. Have an amazing week. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.